So, this podcast is quite spontaneous. St. Nick sent me a message. He said, the malted milk are underrated. And I thought, well, why don't we just do a podcast about biscuits? We've all had a long and arduous year. And now is the time to relax because we're nearly at the end of the second term. R&R, rest and relaxation and M&Ms, which are malted milk. Moving on from that, I should introduce my guests today. We have St. Nicholas Jenkins, who is guest writer on my blog. Very happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) We also have uh, young James, who has come all the way from Brunei to grace us with his biscuit tasting skills. Yes, I took a flight here just yesterday, in fact. (laughs) And we have Connor, who has come all the way from Oxford. Uh, has left the tender and loving arms of his girlfriend to come and seduce us with his culinary taste. It's a pleasure to be here. I will have to add, please don't mention this to my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) We're all LPC students studying very hard day in, day out, dedicating our entire lives. So, hello, Uh, future employers. (laughs) (laughs) Academic slavery. (laughs) So, we have got a whole host of biscuits here, don't we? We have some biscrem. Where are they from? Turkey. To be well, we, we, have, we have some Turkey. We famous. we are wrong about the Turkish biscuits. We have some British biscuits. We have good old malted milk. And what are these? Choco Libnitz. The the French or something. And we went to the Lithuanian shop and bought a whole load of Eastern European cookies with very wonderful names, which we'll try for you. Anyway, the idea of this podcast is we're going to be chewing on some biscuits absurdly close to the microphone to make you feel as uncomfortable as possible. And then we're going to give our thoughts on whether these biscuits will help us solve any of the more pressing current world issues. Just great concern to us as, as people, as theologians, as future lawyers. Call us what you will. So, boys, which one shall we try first? Should we go with the good old malted milk? Yes. It's always a good idea before any experiment to have the control first. This is the control. So this is the rock upon which we'll build our biscuit church. The malted milk. Here's one for Connor. You can have one. Great. The passing of the communal bread. The passing, (laughs) yes. And now the breaking of the bread. Great. Let's try that. That that did a little too much for me. So, Nick, I'll put this first question to you. What do you think this biscuit says about Nicomanian ethics? (laughs) That being Aristotle's. Very good, very good. I'm not very astute. I'm surprised you got that, I wouldn't. It's a virtuous, it's a virtuous biscuit. It's it's got all the values of good, honest British values. Good, eternal British values, and certainly it thinks. It's the Aristotelian golden mean. Over to you, James. What do you think of the malted milk? I mean, it's pretty basic. And as far as it goes, it does go with tea. And if you really want to just have no conflicting flavors whatsoever, but you just want to enjoy your tea, have a little something to accompany it, it's a fine uh, accompaniment. It's this like, is the way. This is the way forward. This is the British biscuit. Yeah, Connor, it. Connor, a penny for your thoughts? I agree with James on the common tea made, actually. It's a very versatile biscuit. It can go with many different types of tea as well, and it's very good by itself as something I would consider a safe option. Make You're a glass half full, man. You you say it's a versatile biscuit as opposed to a flavourless pile of trash. 
Well, you have to look on the bright side. Of it. You I, do. I think the tea is necessary, though. If you want to enjoy yeah. it, tea is necessary. If you have it by itself, then yes, it will be a <laughs> So let's move on. Shall we try another British biscuit? A brisket? No. This is the custard cream. The humble the, custard cream. The, the poor albino cousin of the uh, Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there goes your training contract. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, pass it round here. Pass it round, of Here's one for you, James. Oh, thank you very much. And one for Thanks. Connor. Connor has large hands. I mean, first of all, props to the uh, artwork on the. Uh, let's appreciate the aesthetic of the custard cream. Yeah. It's really quite astounding, is it not? Yeah. It is almost Celtic in its allure. Yeah. Yeah, it's very detailed. Yeah. It's very detailed. So now we're going to destroy it. As all civilizations do with art. In many ways, we are the Isis of biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's stunning, isn't it? This is one of my favourites, yeah. I think it's, especially with, like, milk tea, it's, like, because it's a lot better. As mm. biscuits go, this is in the top bracket for me. Brilliant. Or the top packet, I should say. Because there's actually, you know, flavour going on. It's like... There's, there's a lot. The, it's aesthetically pleasing. There's the standard sort of cover on the front, of course, as well, although it's got some nice inlays to it. But it's the little bit of cream inside as well. Yeah. Of custard, that should, is where you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. So, Connor, what do you think this biscuit says about the Kosovo conflict of the late 90s? I would say it's about how there's always more to it than meets the eye. No matter how things look on the surface, no matter how detailed things may appear to be, or how much work someone puts into basically the outward-facing design, there's always something else going on inside that you can't necessarily see. The custard cream is in many ways like a humanitarian crisis. And it's not yet been recognised by the UN, so... <laughs> so, you know, Which, uh, as as this cookie has not, James, Penny, for your thoughts about the conflict or the cookie, both <laughs> intertwined. I think we should all work together to secure a more peaceful future, so that all nations may work together. The biscuit was nice, though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, Miss Brunei. Okay, and she'll win for all of her charity work. So, uh, right, let's move on to something a little bit more eastern. Uh, Shall we yeah. try very far east? Shall we try Turkey? Sure, could could do. Yeah. Go right. on, pass me a. So, would you want raspberry or apple? Apple for me. Right. Two, so there yeah. are two kinds of bris creme. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Biz creme? Yeah, yeah, I think. We and probably and remember, it. every time you say cream, you should pronounce it creme. So, <laughs> what would you like probably to do? Please try a raspberry. Raspberry, here you go. Thank you. Uh-huh. And I'm happy to go for either one. Nick is versatile in his fruit filling. All right, then let me just... James is currently pulling them out of his fist. <laughs> there we are. And let's mm. eat. Mm. Raspberry one's like a jammy dodger. That is a lovely smell. I've never known a biscuit to smell. That is a stunning biscuit. Mm. I must say, it's so soft. Yeah, actually. You wouldn't expect the texture to be such as it is. Got it from the local store as well. Didn't you have to have to look that far. Exactly, and you live in Perry Bar, so it might be poison. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd say this one goes with coffee, maybe more than tea. Probably. I would just have this by itself, to be honest. That's mm. a really good... That's a oh, really yeah, by itself. Yeah, this is the first one really by itself it would do. It's just such a Moorish snack. Oh, well, you definitely have more, so much more of it. It just crumbles the nice little and then the jelly in the center. Yeah, that is so good. Yeah, that's a lovely biscuit. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. That that doesn't even require a, a derisory connection that I'm about to make. <laughs> no, so, thank you because I wouldn't have been able to make that connection. Because I was gonna, you've you've saved yourself. You realize this is James's biscuit has saved him from a derisory and arbitrary connection, which <laughs> we will have had to rise to to prove his comedic worth to the group. Moving on. <laughs> 
Let's try uh, the first of the Lithuanian cookies. Should we go for the adogs? Yeah. Well, they're quite hefty. They're hefty, aren't they? So big old chocolate nipple-like, just mammarian biscuits. And what's funny about this is they were described as chocolate with biscuit inside, as opposed to a biscuit covered in chocolate, yeah. which I quite liked. So let's go right ahead and dig in. Oh. Oh, man. Oh, caramel. That's unexpected. Hmm. It's... That was so unexpected. To me, it's almost a bit sick. No. I'd, I'd agree with Connor. This is a rich... Business. It is rich, yeah. yeah. This is something to make you feel slightly... But yeah, it's amazing because the, the biscuit's sort of in the bottom and then there's a layer of caramel mm. before a hard chocolate casing, which is quite unusual, I would say, in a biscuit. Wonderful contrasting textures. Really it? wonderful. There's three contrasting textures and they're all fabulous. This is great. Who brought this? It's me, so I suppose I should ask myself. But I'm not going to. I'm going to ask Nick. What, what does this cookie say to you about the recent amendments to the Checkers Bill? I suppose all these <laughs> biscuits are, do relate to our relationship with the EU in the sense of if we go out without a deal, and these are these are no longer tariff-free biscuits. Could so, the caramel separating the biscuit and the outer shell represent the divide between Brussels and the UK? Maybe. And the alienation between yeah. the two. Maybe Jean-Paul Juncker is the caramel and we are the chocolate. And maybe and it's a crumbling a biscuit is it's the European Union. <laughs> it's a crumbling civilization. <laughs> crumbling an age-old civilization. This is some very interesting reflection ah. work, gentlemen. And I thought this was just taking the piss, but actually, <laughs> actually, we're getting somewhere very profound. Shall we all take a, a break and then move on to the next one? Shall I make a coffee? So when we talk about things being dear, yeah, it's oh, yeah, being expensive. That's the same thing. Oh. And the Germans talk about things being teuer, and teuer also means dear. Hmm. So we're moving on to coffee. That is nice. Cut off them anyway. It's that's, that's, nice. a, that's a thing of beauty. Thank yeah. you. It's a, well, it's a Bialetti. It's a six-cup Bialetti. Quite amazing. I, my father gave Sorry, no. My dad and you would get along quite well, because he owns the exact same thing. Does he? Hmm. Yeah. He's really curious about his coffee. His basic coffee that he doesn't put much work into is a Dolce Gusto. He has like a machine and capsule and everything. He's crazy about it. For my dad, the norm is this. He like proper taught me how to like something even more complicated. Mm. Yeah. For sure, my dad's really into it. You know how you say well. coffee in Mandarin? Cafe. Cafe. Very good. Well, of course you do because you're Chinese. Mm. Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, my pronunciation is a little bit off. I kept asking for cold water in this one place, and they oh, just no. kept. They, one of them brought me a spoon. The other one looked at me in confusion and probably tried sure. to tell. Maybe Shui. Shui. Yeah, it is. Lads, we're entering the second half of the podcast. How do you feel? Is there enough milk for you? <laughs> it's good to get a little tiny bit tipsy. Yeah, I don't really feel it from that. We've gone from the lofty world of Turkey and Lithuania. We're now moving even further west to Italy. And we're going to try some amaretti, which go absolutely fabulously with coffee, which is the drink I have prepared for my boys. Oh, There's so is this the one you, you always see served... In a restaurant, it's this is the one that they pretend is expensive and so they make you feel good when you give it to them in a restaurant. But this is an amaretto cookie from Italy and they're absolutely some of my favourites. So let's dig in. That has some crumble in it. I was not expecting that. Yep. Are the amaretti dumped in Italy? The realisation that people don't make with amaretti is that they're quite hollow. Mm. So if you dumped it, it would just disintegrate. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How do we feel about that? 
it's really funny because as soon as you take a bite out of it, you want to have a cup of coffee. Mm, exactly. It's so ingrained in us. It's that little bit of sugar you get at the end of it, just as the taste is starting to fade, and then you have a little bit of coffee, and it's just a perfect mix. It's stunning. Definitely. Yeah. And how's the coffee, boys? Brilliant. From Wit- it's from Wittard. It's called Indian Monsoon Malabar. And what's amazing about this coffee is that they take the beans and they put them on wire mesh netting and let the monsoon rains go through them before they roast them and then serve them to unwitting customers. The acidity of the coffee goes, but the power remains. So you have this sort of beautifully smooth flavour, which is just quite astounding, but you don't get the sourness, which I love. Monsoon Malabar has to be my favourite coffee. So, moving on. Oh, actually, no, they're, they're Polish, these ones. So, these cookies are called Wick Winter Elegant. Let's try that one. They've got sprinkles, they've got a little white chocolate. Thank it's you. looking good. James, help yourself. Saint Nick, you take one. I should explain why I call Nick Saint Thank Nick. You. Uh, and I think I will later, but not right now. I'll just keep you wondering. Okay. So, let's dig in, lads, to this Wick Winter Elegant. Oh, wow. Hmm. Hint of lemon, don't you think? Yeah, oh, mm. that's it. Not heavy. It's quite light as well. There's a very light hint of lemon. Mm. There's mm. a lovely texture. I really like the texture. It does. It's not too much. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's not sprinkle. too heavy. And the sprinkle of chocolate is very nice as the well. The sprinkles are very good because they're crunchy, but the chocolate that's covering it is lovely as well. Mm. Connor, what does this cookie say about the state of modern poetry? It probably says that poetry, of course, is very different to how it used to be. There's a lot of, with this biscuit, there's a lot of instant sort of gratification. All the flavors are there at your fingertips or your tongue, so to speak. You've got the sprinkled chocolate, you've got a nice bit of cream as well and a texture and it's just a bombardment of all the different flavors, which is nice in itself, but there's nothing that really comes after that. It's all at once and there's a very quick release and then it's all over. It doesn't keep going. It's not a gradual release of flavor. And that would be how, in my interpretation, modern poetry has differed from how poetry used to be. Would you like to hear a modern wow, poem? Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to hear a modern poem? Now, I was thinking of reading the poem that I wrote about uh, James's... I think I shouldn't. <laughs> For the sake of, again, our future employers. So, a modern poem. My beam's frightful focus is not hocus-pocus. Its source is sincere to warmth I adhere. I swear it's no trick by lighting the wick and reeling you in your affection I win. In my collection, your prized selection, you won't regret nor soon forget a union forged, much wine gorged. I'm grateful, of course, for the beam and its force. It speaks to my grace an excellent taste. In people and things, you're given new wings. Bravo. What do we think? I stand corrected. (laughs) Now that's a very modern poem because it was actually written yesterday by me when I was bored and really, really angry, actually so angry. And when I'm angry, I write my poetry. Maybe that's what what your point still stands then because technically that's still his. You're probably referring to other artists or more general artists. Hmm. Cedric, on the other hand, is, well, somebody who you share a lot of interests with and a lot of uh, tastes and sensibilities. So moving on, uh, let's uh, move straight from poetry to poppies. And we have the poppy seed. We have the poppy seed cookies. So these are honey cakes with poppy seeds from poetry 
two puppies. Now, if I make a comment about it, when I first saw these in a plastic bag on the countertop, I thought they were magic mushrooms. Ha! <laughs> I was very concerned. Not these are very much. big magic mushrooms. These are like portobello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll, like... they'll get you high for a week. <laughs> these, this is a thing of beauty, though. This is this is crafted biscuit. This is we've got, we've gone from mass-produced sort of malted milk, you know, your very traditional English. Having an industrial revolution in the nineteenth century. Maybe you take a bite for voicing its praises. <laughs> Something quite domestic. <laughs> I think it's all right. I like it. I mean, I wish it could have been a bit sweeter myself. Mm, agree. I agree. It's, it's quite dry. It's one of those ones that needs um, a drink. Mm. This is this is bread, not biscuit. This is bread. Yeah, yeah. They're very nice. Have very I nice. have I tricked you all? Have I introduced bread into our biscuit review? You might have actually. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But as bread goes, this is pretty difficult. This is a heretic amongst us. This excellent. <laughs> it's the Judas. <laughs> the Judas. Oh, this is great. I like it. I like it. No, I, I really like this as well. I think it says a lot too, as you say, the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, this is more biscuits before mass production. This is the biscuit you'd eat before killing yourself in a checkoff play. <laughs> 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 well, there you have it, listeners. So, we have not many left. We have two cookies left. I'll wait till James finishes his mouthful, which I know takes him a while. Let's move on to this lovely German, I believe, biscuit. Very mass-produced yes. chocolate I found on holiday, which is also old in England as well. <laughs> the so, these are <laughs> Choco Leibniz. I think that's how you pronounce it. Although Claudius Leibniz. Leibniz. Choco Leibniz. Let's dig in. Oh, that's had a little bit of a shotgun blast there. That's a solid cookie right now. Truly another great example of German engineering. Mm. <laughs> you not impressed by Audis? Try Choco Leibniz. <laughs> Delish. Mm. Not too heavy. Not too light. Just a nice, rich chocolate filling with the biscuit on the other side. I can have this without tea or with tea. It's quite versatile and good. I can have this while I'm in tea. That's very good. I imagine it'd be quite painful it to be swimming in a... Yeah, swimming in scalding tea, tea would not be the best thing. But it would do your skin wonders. It'd be a very British way to die. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It's how James Bond should finally die. This is rather inconvenient, isn't it? Oh, I do apologise. I, I, I believe my dead corpse will soil the taste of the tea. <laughs> <laughs> Terribly sorry. <laughs> oh, I say it. You just, just pick a small man out of it. Yeah. Terribly sorry. <laughs> so sorry. I believe I've ruined your tea now. That's so funny. James does a great impression of me, actually. Mm. And I'm not sure whether he wants to do it on the record. But I don't think I can. I think would get uh, stage fright, to be honest. Stage especially when I'm in front of you. Mm. It's recorded forever. Precisely. That's, a, that's a difficult one because it is quite nerve-wracking recording podcasts you don't realise you're putting a piece of yourself out forever for people to judge and tear apart like dogs yeah so apart from that editing can only save so much I know that <laughs> and it can remove a lot of ums let's move on to the final biscuit are we all ready yes absolutely this is a wonderful cookie which was introduced to me by a very charming lady at the Lithuanian store who says, Ah, you must try... A 
Omar Nuhyun, and then she told me what that meant. We're about to put this in our mouths. It's called Grandmother's Nuts. <laughs> now, <laughs> let's pass that around. You have a nut, Thank and you. you have a nut, and you have a nut. I just want to put this in my mouth. <laughs> it's like As so the good. snow falls outside, let us embrace the cold truth of grandmother's nuts. Let's yeah. dig in. Mm. Grandma has some pretty thick nuts. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot in them. They're very full. Mm. Mm. And filling. Mm. I'm a little surprised at how soft they are. Yeah. You'd expect nuts of this great state to be somewhat hardened. Mm. But no, these are very soft. Do you think that's indicative of our performance then? Have yes, I enough? think grandmother's used her nuts very well. That's a wonderful texture. Mm. But there's not there's not massive amounts of things going on there in that biscuit. I'm, I'm pleased with it. Is that peanut butter or is that uh, caramel, do you think? Caramel. caramel. It's caramel. Of course, in grandmother's nuts, one can but expect caramel. Now, this has been quite an insightful podcast. Which was your favourite cookie of the lot? Oh, Let's start with Connor. Mine would probably be the Choco Biscuit. The Choco Leibniz is Connor's favourite. It's just got a lot going for it. It's got the versatility, of course. It's got the nice, rich chocolate, which is not too rich. It's not overpowering. You can dip it into some tea and... You can have all that some tea, and it's absolutely fine. It's just an all-around good biscuit to have. It's a solid choice. Yes. What do we think, James? What's your favourite? A bit biased, because I'm the one that brought it, but I actually do like the biscreme quite a lot. Mm. Um, I like something that goes down really easy. I don't like something that requires effort to eat. After all, food is a comfort, one of the very few in our lives. And I think I like to have something that I could just take it, eat it down, no problem, and then not think about it too much. And these are really good for that, you know? St. Nick... Favourite cookie? You know, I'm going to have to go for these these Polish biscuits. By have to go for, he means have to choose them as the best and also reach for one and eat it. Yeah, I think I'd go for a different variety of these, but these are the texture I look in biscuits. Yeah, these are the texture I look for. I'm afraid, yeah. dear listeners, I'm going to have to be biased also because I am half Italian <laughs> and it would let down my entire family if I didn't choose. The amaretto. I like a light cookie because I don't really eat sweet things. I know I've been criticised for saying I don't eat sugar and then consume visibly large quantities of jam. I recognise the dichotomy. It is not lost on me. I'm not really into sweets, so I pick the thing which tastes least like a sweet or the thing that I can eat and it be over in the quickest possible time, which in the case of all of these delightful biscuits is the amaretto. Thank you all for coming. This has been a deeply insightful and equally disturbing podcast, but one which I feel is very rewarding. Thank you all for coming. I'll see you next time for our next Edible Review. Say goodbye. Thank you, goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye and have a good one. (laughs) Farewell. Now get out! (laughs) Oh, I piss off. (laughs) (laughs) Go home!